Hello, everybody. I'm Tim Muma, and you've checked into localjobnetwork.com radio and our podcast, Management Decisions. Here we focus on topics that are geared toward upper management, human resources, and we also bring on experienced professionals to dig deep into these subjects. Now, when it comes to hiring, what's in a name? That's been the buzz around the HR world recently when an individual by the name of Jose Zamora said he was getting no response to his 50-plus daily applications for jobs. But upon changing his name to Joe on his resume and changing nothing else, he started hearing back. To discuss this and the bigger picture of one's name in hiring, we've called upon Sabrina Baker, an experienced HR professional and founder of Acacia HR Solutions. Sabrina, how are you doing today? I'm good, Tim. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. I just wanted to get your sort of reaction to that video when you first saw it. Just what did you, what first went through your mind? What what really did you think about when you saw the video? You know, as soon as the video came out, it kind of went viral, I guess, in the HR space. There's lots of us that spent a lot of time on social media, and we all were kind of buzzing about this. And I have to say, I, I had been a little naive. I had never worked in an environment where this was happening. And so... I was a little taken back. I couldn't believe that this this had happened to him. I thought there had to be maybe some other reason, like maybe his, he had changed his resume as well as changing his name. I just you know, initially thought, surely there's something else going on here other than just the name change. So I was a little shocked by it and have certainly talked about it a lot since then and done a lot more research. I mean, that's interesting that you really didn't see that as being a, a potential issue do you see it as being plausible now based on maybe people you've talked with, other research that you've looked into? Do you see this as being a, a plausible concern or a problem that occurred with Jose in this case? I absolutely do. As I said, I have never experienced it. I've never worked in an environment where that was happening, either based on the hiring manager's ideas or my own ideas or, or my fellow colleagues. But as I started you know, talking to people and doing research, certainly I find that there are you know, I had HR practitioners tell me, oh, yeah, I used to work with this hiring manager and they would do the same thing. Wow. And I was shocked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was absolutely shocked to the point that some of them wouldn't even start taking names off or zip codes because of where the person lived. But, you know, take that information off of the um, resume before presenting it to a hiring manager. I think it's definitely a concern that happens on one or two levels. You obviously have those hiring managers who are blatant about it. Right. And that's obviously a discrimination issue and it's illegal and that's awful. And I think that there are these kind of implicit biases that people do subconsciously that they don't even know. And there's study after study about name biases, gender biases. Many colleges have done these studies where they send out resumes, you know, 50 resumes that are exactly the same, but they change the name to either reflect an ethnicity or they change it to reflect a gender. And one gender over the other or one ethnicity over the other gets called much faster, even though it's the exact same resume. And I, I don't think that those recruiters or those hiring managers, whoever it is, is making those decisions. I don't think they're necessarily doing it consciously. I think it's just this kind of implicit bias that people seem to have that is affecting the way we look at resumes as they come through. Right. Well, and you sort of alluded it to it there, and I give Jose some credit because he did say how he thinks a lot of these cases, it's just a subconscious thing that for one reason or another, our, our biases come through or, or we feel that we're doing something uh, or we're not doing something wrong. What would you say to HR professionals out there, hiring professionals who might be unknowingly putting themselves in this position where they see a name, as you said, and they sort of uh, put it to the bottom of the pile, or as you mentioned, maybe a place where they live gives them some discriminatory bias there. What would you offer up in ways to protect themselves against that and obviously not act in a way that is unethical and really illegal? 
Well, I think that the biggest thing is that we have to make it conscious. So we have to realize that diversity hiring is very important, right? In, in America, we live in a melting pot. We live in a very diverse society, and we need our workplaces to reflect that. Mm-hmm. And so we, as HR professionals, have to be deliberate. We have to make it a very deliberate action to create very diverse recruiting strategies and make sure that we are reaching out in diverse areas for applicants to come and apply for our positions. And also that as we're bringing in applicants, as we're hiring people, that diversity is a goal. And of course, there are government offices that require this. So federal contractors and those guys have to have plans around diversity. But every company should really be thinking about how can my workplace reflect the society that people live in? Because that's important. So it, it has to be conscious. They have to sit down and say, you know, maybe I wasn't intentionally doing this, but my workplace doesn't look very diverse right now. And so maybe I should think about how can I attract and be very deliberate about getting a, a better or more diverse candidate pool. So if you were speaking to job seekers out there, I mean, understanding what you just said about you know the hiring pool and, and wanting to bring in that diversity, would you at this point in these resumes or maybe in other online areas, especially, would you suggest to job seekers sort of covering up anything like this, like Jose did and change his name to Joe or trying to make sure that your, you know, your ethnicity is hidden in some way. I mean, I feel it's sort of a rock and a hard place because I don't want anybody to have to cover up who they are, but I also don't want them to, to not get a job because of it. What would you say to the job seekers? Yeah, it's so hard for me. My first answer is no, be who you are. And if mm-hmm. they don't want to hire you, that's their fault. Right. But I realize that people then say, okay, well, then I'm never going to get a job. And so I think that they, they have to just keep at it. It has to be a personal decision, whether you change your name. I think a name change to Jose to Joe is no big deal. But if you go in and you start changing your resume to where now maybe it's not true anymore, mm. then that becomes a problem. So, you know, I think that, that making minor changes, if you feel like it's still true, it's still a true statement what you're saying, but it may help you, you know, that's really kind of a personal decision. I, I want everybody to be who they are, and I want them to know that there are companies out there that are going to not look at that at all. But, you know, unfortunately, I think it, it sometimes it takes too long to get to that point. And so if they feel like they have to change something, leave off their address, if they feel like there's a code is reflecting something, those kinds of changes can be made and, and be fine. Right. And I know you agree with this, Sabrina. We're in no way saying that all employers are doing this and this is a constant problem. I mean, it, it can be very isolated in a lot of situations. But it, again, it's important to talk about this, make it top of mind for people on both sides, both job seekers and those hiring. So that's why we're having this conversation. Another area I wanted to ask about was the last name. And it might be on the reverse where it could help you or maybe, again, there's a a positive bias, so to speak, if you want to phrase it that way, for HR individuals. But if you see a last name and you're in business and you see a last name of Rockefeller or uh, maybe you're in a political sense and you see the last name of Kennedy and you might be more prone to take a look at them because you think, well, maybe there's a a connection there family-wise and they have the skill and the knowledge that you want. What's the danger in looking at it from that point of view of, of even, you know, you could see it as a positive in someone's name, but still not the way I would assume you want hiring done? Right. I think anytime you look at a factor other than work performance, you are running down a slippery slope. The, the minute that you take a name or um, maybe an address if they live in a very affluent area mm-hmm. and you consider that in your hiring decision instead of their past work performance, what they've done, what they're able to do, you're, you're running a very slippery slope because name means nothing. And just because they have that last name doesn't mean they're going to come in and be this great performer. But again, I think it's that implicit bias. Those things we don't think about, those subconscious things that when we see that, we think, oh, wow, they must you know, really 
be great because they're part of this family. Right. So I think that, you know, hiring managers, recruiters, they have got to focus on what did this person do before in their, in their jobs? What can they do for us? I think the reason that I was so naive about this is that when I get a resume and I get hundreds a day, I don't even look at the name and the address. <laughs> I go straight to, you know, what have they done? What, right. I, I, I'm skimming, I'm skimming work performance. I don't even think about the name until I go to call them. Hmm. Just so I know what to say when they answer the phone. And so I think that, um, you know, the minute that people are looking at that name or looking at address or whatever it is, and they start to make decisions on that instead of the rest of the resumes, and they're really, they're really creating a problem and, and going down a very slippery slope, whether they know it or not. I think maybe that's a great tip for uh, any individual out there is, is don't even worry about the stuff that might be on that very top of the resume as far as the name and address and all that until you've already made a decision on what you want to do with them. I think that might be uh, some practical advice for those listening already. In the same vein, you know, a lot of this talk comes out because the idea is that if you're doing stuff online, especially, um, or you're applying in these ways, that there's a certain amount of anonymity. Do you think that sort of was just assumed by people and that there wouldn't be any worry about discrimination and that it's understanding now that people can discriminate in a variety of different ways and that um, you do need to at least be be aware of it when you are applying, even in these online situations or when you're not meeting somebody or having your photo online? You know, I think that the, the online helps with the anonymity a bit. So applicant tracking systems can help with that because if your resume doesn't have the keywords, right, when a recruiter goes in to search applicant tracking systems, they're likely not looking at every single resume that has came, come through. Right. And they are searching for the keywords that they want in the role, and they're going to pull up the resumes that have those keywords in them. So in that respect, it doesn't matter what your name is. It matters whether your resume has the keyword. And so I think that uh, same thing with LinkedIn. You know, when I'm sourcing profiles on LinkedIn or any other uh, online site, I'm searching for my keywords, not necessarily a name. Right. And so I think that it can help, but yeah, it's not complete anonymity. I mean, people can still see you. They can still get to you. People ask me all the time, should I put my picture on LinkedIn? Mm-hmm. And I say, yes, you, you should, because LinkedIn tells you one of their statistics is that you're going to get a better chance of people clicking on your profile. And they say, well, I don't want companies to discriminate against me. That's pretty blatant. If they're going to look at your picture and discriminate against you, then you don't want to work for that company anyway, right? And they're they're going to discriminate against you whenever they see, whether that be an interview or LinkedIn. So just go ahead and get it out of the way. So I think that it's people do have this idea that maybe they can be more private or be more secret online, and you really can. It's still out there, but it does help in those respects that it's really about keywords when we're searching for people, not so much names or what they look like. Sure. Well, Sabrina, I definitely appreciate the conversation. As I said, I think, you know, in your case, like you said, you were naive to it. Now you're learning more. And um, hopefully those listening, if they weren't aware of this or maybe they were and they're just not, uh, you know, not taking it seriously, hopefully this will help in some way. I wanted to give you the floor here at the end just to maybe wrap up the conversation, give our listeners a takeaway um, talking about this subject and the idea of, especially from the HR and hiring point of view, Again, ways to make sure this isn't happening, understanding the you know illegal side of it and discrimination side, but anything you would like to throw out there that would be a nice wrap up for our conversation today? Sure. I think the biggest thing is awareness and just going back and looking at your hiring process, the past five candidates that you brought in, were you overlooking candidates because of some maybe implicit bias that you didn't even realize you were doing? So evaluating the hiring process, the, the candidates that you're bringing in, the people that you're hiring. Is there an opportunity there to be a little bit more diverse in your outreach and your hiring and making it more of a deliberate and conscious thing than so much subconscious? 
All right, a great way to summarize the conversation today. With that, we will close out this edition of Management Decisions. Again, we've been talking about maybe some of those subconscious biases that occur. Sometimes it's even in a name. We've been speaking today with Sabrina Baker. Again, she is the founder of Acacia HR Solutions. Sabrina, thanks once again for joining us. Uh, Appreciate all the insight and your uh, really your honesty about the whole situation. Thank you for having me on. And as always, if you want to reach out to us with any comments or suggestions, shoot an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also look us up on Twitter at the LJN. We love to uh, join in the conversation there as well. Use hashtag LJN Radio on Twitter. For everyone here at LJN Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.